We love you, Mama. Hallelujah. Lift your two hands above your head. Put them together with a joyful shout. Let's receive our Papa, Doctor, Amen. Damina. Glory. Amen. Father, we receive revelation knowledge tonight. Thank you that your word comes with clarity. Your people are built up, equipped, edified, and Jesus is glorified. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. It's 30 days of glory 2022. Glory. Amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's, let's, let's release our faith. As we say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus name. And every believer says a powerful amen. We want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all of the social media community, and all of you in Aquaibom connected by the radio stations, whichever station you're hearing the sound of my voice. Get ready, guys. We're going to have a great time of studying the word of his grace. I also want to welcome all our campuses around the world. What a joy to have all of you connected to the service. Do me the favor. Like the video. Share the video. Put them on as many groups as possible. Engage during the services because that will give us more visibility as we bring the word to the nations of the earth. All right, grab your pen, your notebook, your Bible. You can be seated with your sweet, smart self. Let's get into the word of his grace. We are still examining the fruit of the spirit. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 19. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse number 19. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. Next verse. For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen, unto the glory of God by us. Next verse. Now he which establisheth us with you in Christ and hath anointed us, is God, 22, who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Say with me very loud, God has given to me the proof of his Spirit in my heart. Now we saw from Romans chapter 15, verse 8 and 9, quickly, Romans 15, 8 and 9. <clears throat> Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God. To confirm the promises made unto the fathers. Next verse. And that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, for this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. So we looked at the promise that God gave to Ezekiel in Ezekiel 36, 26 Ezekiel. 36 verse number 26. Put it up for me. A new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. Next verse. And I will put my spirit within you. And cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments. 
and do them. That's God's intent. That was a prophecy. That was God's plan for the new creation man. God is a spirit. So he now says, I will put my spirit. Observe that. My spirit. That means my spirit is not different from me. I will put my spirit within you. When God says, I'm going to give you my spirit, he was saying, I'm going to give you everything that makes me me. I'm going to give you everything that I am. So God gives us his spirit and he calls his spirit a new heart. He gives us his spirit and he calls his spirit a new heart. So the spirit of God in me is the new heart that God has given to me. Now let me give you a study on that word heart. The word heart refers to the innermost being of a person. The innermost being of a person. It is used to describe thoughts, emotions, decisions, and your will. The word heart refers to the innermost being of a person. It is used to describe thoughts, emotions, decisions, and your will. It is also used to describe nature. When we're talking about the heart, the cardia. So the spirit of God or the spirit of the son is the new nature of the believer. The new nature of the believer, the man who believes the gospel. So when you are asked, what is your nature? You say, my nature is the spirit of God. My nature is the spirit of God. Notice what that promise said. I will cause you to walk in my statutes and to walk in my judgments and to do them. Did you observe that that statement is like a determined end? I will cause you to walk in my statutes. A determined end. In other words, God gives the believer the ability to do his word. So that's why 1 John chapter 5 verse 3, put it up for me. 1 John chapter 5 verse number 3. Brother John said, for this is the love of God that, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. That is, his commandments are not burdensome. His commandments are not difficult. Whatever he tells us to do, he gives us the ability before he gives us the instructions. Whatever God tells us to do, first of all, he gives us the ability. Then he gives us the instructions. So God with his spirit and in his spirit has provided us the ability to do what he says. God by his spirit, in his spirit has provided us the ability to do what he has said what he has said philippians chapter 2 verse 13 <clears throat> that will bring home the, the point for it is god which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure that will drive the point home. but observe this you know most people like the verse 12 they like the verse 12 very well. And they don't go beyond it because they are very mischievous in their, in their thoughts. Verse 12 says, put it up. Walk out. 
Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling. He didn't say walk for your own salvation. He said walk out, not walk for. Walk out your own salvation. Then he now explains how that salvation is worked out. For it is God that worketh. So the working out of your salvation, it is God at work. God at work. You know the danger in misinterpreting scripture is that it can go far more reaching than you can imagine. For example, John chapter 14 verse 1 and 2 has been used over the years in the church world as a scripture for sending raw materials to heaven for the building of your house. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. Do you have mansions in a house? You can't have mansions in a house. The word mansions means dwelling place. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. But before he said that, he now says, I go to prepare a place that where I am, you will be. So the dwelling place is in Christ. It's not a building somewhere where if you don't send offerings, you don't send tithes, you don't sow seed, your building is still boys' quarter foundation. No. He was talking about the, the end product of his death, burial, and resurrection. That where I am, you may be also. That's why it's very important to stay with the context of scripture. Misinterpretation of scripture can really mis misdirect people, you know. That's why it looks like in our ministry we're very technical. We stick to what the word says. Sometimes people have accused me of being too doctrinal. But I take it as a very good compliment. There's no better way to be than to be very doctrinal because I'm not an immoral person. You see that? So, he says, work out your salvation. Now, please pay attention to this. When you see salvation, don't always be thinking of getting saved and going to heaven or born again. Again, like I've always said with every word of scripture, you must situate it within context so you can gain the meaning of that word. So, that word salvation in that verse is not going to heaven and getting born again. Look at again where brother Paul used that same word salvation in Philippians chapter 1 verse 19. Philippians chapter 1 verse 19. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer. Uh -uh. Brother Paul, you are writing later to the Philippian church and you are not born again. If salvation means born again, then it will be that brother Paul is not yet born again and is writing a letter to the church in Corinth. So salvation doesn't mean being born again in every context. Put it up again. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. You can be saved from your enemies. You can have salvation from accidents. You can have salvation from danger. So he wasn't saying getting born again, even, you know, even in the Philippians chapter 2. So who walks in you? Well, can I hear you very loud? The radio audience need to hear you. That word walketh in you is the word energio. Energio in the Greek. 
It's not something that happens once and stops. And a geo, it is something that doesn't need help. It is working all the time. Something that works all the time. It is effective. Energy. It is God that worketh energy. It means God is effective in you. Both to will and to do his good pleasure. He's effective in you. So the will to do God's pleasure is always in me. The will to do God's pleasure is always in me. You don't need to sing break me. Mold me, spirit of the living God, fall of rage on me, break me, scatter me, remold me, get born again. God is at work in me. Give me grace to follow, abundant grace to follow. Give me grace to follow. Get born again. The grace of God is why you are saved. It is that grace that saved you. So you don't need more grace. All the grace you need was the reason why you are saved. So to be singing, give me grace to follow is unbelief. You already have the grace of Jesus. You have the grace of God that saved you. You have an obedient heart. I have made you too small in my eyes. Enlarge your eyes. Enlarge your eyes. You need to check what you sing because your interpretation of scripture goes along to affect the way you think. And the way you think controls how you live. Your interpretation of scripture affects the way you think. And the way you think is what controls how you live. That's why abuse of scripture is the greatest injustice a preacher can do to a congregation. So when we say the spirit, we are referring to the new man in Christ. And one of the most important revelations in salvation is for you to know that you are now a new creature in Christ. You are now a new creature in Christ. You must know that you are now a new man, a new kind of humanity that never existed before. Once you know that, it's going to affect the way you think, it's going to affect the way you conduct yourself, it's going to affect the way you relate with people, and it's going to affect the way you transact with others. The word creature is the word species. 2 Corinthians 5.17 If any man in Christ, a new creature, a new species, a new species of being. All things are passed away. All things are new. So there are things about me that are new. There are things about me that are new. When he says things, he was talking about the man. Peter puts it like this in First Peter chapter 2 verse number 9. First Peter chapter 2 verse number 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation. A peculiar people. That you should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness 
into his marvelous light. Chosen generation. The word generation means a breed. You are a chosen breed. Generation. A breed. Or a species of people. The word chosen means something that is excellent. Something that is excellent. So you are an excellent breed. You are an excellent breed. There is no defect in your make. There is no deficiency in your composition. You are an excellent breed. Yeah. That's who you are. Peter says you are of a choice breed. Why? Because First Peter chapter 1 verse 23, First Peter chapter 1 verse 23 says, Being born again not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. You are, an incorrupt, you are made of an incorruptible seed. A chosen breed. An excellent breed. First John chapter 4 verse 4. Brother John puts it like this. I love the way he puts it. You have got little children and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I like the first four words. You are of God. You are of God. Can somebody say I am of God? Yeah. You are of God little children. You are of God means you came from God. First John chapter 5 verse 4. First John chapter 5 verse 4. Look at the way brother John will say it again. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. This is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. Oh I love that. Born of God. 1 John chapter 3 verse 9. Look at the way brother John explains this new creature. New, new creature. What, whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him and he cannot sin. Why? Because he is born of God. Wonderful scriptures. 1 John chapter 5 verse 18. Here John again on the same subject matter. We know somebody shout knowledge. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God, God keepeth. And that wicked one toucheth him not. Kabayada. That wicked one toucheth him not. If the devil was as powerful as they have portrayed him to be, you shouldn't be alive. You shouldn't be here today. Because his mission is to still kill and destroy. But God keep it. Sometimes when circumstances appear and you think like, oh, problem has come. Those are, those are no problems. Those are dumbbells for building muscles. Those are no problems. Real problems. We're taken care of by Christ. 2,000 years ago, he settled every problem that will have been an issue. And it's not going to allow you to be tempted above what you can handle. So go ahead and handle it. And stop looking like you are finished. 
Use it and build some muscles. Zeba Dagaya. I'm teaching good tonight. In James chapter 1 verse 18, see the way brother James will give credence to what brother John is saying on the new creation. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. That we should be a kind of first fruits of his creature. Say with me, I am born of the incorruptible seed. In other words, after you believe the gospel, you came out a new creation. When you receive the gospel, a new quality of life was given to you. A new quality of life. Actually, a new identity was given to you. So the new creation is a reality. The new creation is not fiction. It's a reality. If the new creation can be faulted, then God is not as holy as we thought. That's strong. If the new creation can be faulted, then God is not who he says he is. He gave you his spirit. He gave you everything that makes him him. Once there's a defect in you, the born again man, then God is not who he says he is. If the new creation can be faulted such that I am not able to do what he said I can do, then God lied. And God cannot lie. Say with me, I can do what he says I can do. I have what he says I have. I am what God says I am. Glory to God. We are the light of the world. We have the light of the world. We have the spirit of God. So there's no excuse for misbehavior in the kingdom. There's no excuse for misbehavior in the kingdom. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. Mm -mm -mm. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Next verse. Meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. He's referring to your birth. Notice the word fruit of the spirit only appears once. You won't find it again. That's the only place you see the fruit of the... You will not find that statement made anywhere else in the Bible. The fruit of the spirit appears only once. So you can't use the word fruit of the spirit to explain it. Because it appears only once. Notice what he says in verse 17. <clears throat> Galatians 5.17 For the flesh lusted against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. So he's not discussing fruit, he's discussing spirit. He's discussing spirit. In verse 18, observe. He didn't mention fruit in verse 18. But if you be led of the spirit... You are not under the law. He mentions spirit again. He mentions spirit again. In, in, in chapter 3 verse 2 to 3. 
Same Galatians chapter 3 verse 2 to 3. This only will I learn of you. Received ye the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Next verse. Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? The spirit, the spirit, the spirit. So the spirit pretext, the spirit post-text, sandwiches the fruit of the spirit. Are we following? Yeah. It sandwiches the fruit of the spirit. Which means, therefore, in fact, before I get into therefore, look at verse 5 of Galatians 3. Verse 5. He therefore that ministered to you the spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he eat by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith. Then look at that same Galatians 3.13 and 14. Christ hath redeemed us. Galatians 3.13 and 14. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Be made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Next verse. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. The promised spirit. So he used the word fruit just once. That means we will need the words used in that epistle to explain the word fruit. We will use the words used in that epistle to explain the word fruit. Of course, it cannot be a tree. When he's talking about fruit, it has to be fruit as it refers to the child of a conception, not the fruit of a tree. So, the next time the word fruit was used is in Ephesians chapter 5 by the same brother Paul. Now, if you remember, we said the word fruit is the fruit of your loins or the fruit of the womb. The fruit of conception, not just the fruit of a tree. So Ephesians chapter 5 verse number 9. For the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. For the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Who is the carrier of this fruit? Well, how many of you have a translation? I know most of you are not reading your Bibles. But there's a translation called All Men's Bible. He says the fruit of light. The fruit of light. The fruit of light. Remember we said fruit is the fruit of the womb, right? So look at verse 8, which brought forth verse 9. Same scripture. For you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So the fruit of light, children of light. So it is the children of light that are the fruit of light. The fruit of light. So which means Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 refers to the characteristics of someone who is born again. If you are born again, you, you are the fruit of light or the son of light. You have light. That's what you display. The fruit of the spirit is love. 
You have love. Say with me very loud, I have never needed love. I have love. You don't even need love in a marriage relationship. Because you already have love. You already have the love of God. Love is already in the man and in the woman and they bring that love to the marriage. So the word agape in 1 Corinthians or the word agapao. Agape, agapao. Agape. Brother Paul was dealing with love. Agape. Agapao in the Greek is an active word before it is a noun. Is an active word before it is a noun. In other words, the noun is derived from the action. The noun is derived from the action. Before you say you have love, you must see an action word of love. So agape is not just a statement. Agape is not a promise. Agape is not a commitment in your world. Agape will first of all be seen in the action, then in the word. It will first of all be seen in the action, then in the word. The word agapao is used 26 times. And in studying that word agapao, I find the word Agape means to give benevolently, to help. To give benevolently. It also means to sacrifice. So that's why King James will use the word charity. Charity. But the word sacrifice and the word benevolence can be seen even in unbelievers. Unbelievers are benevolent. Unbelievers sacrifice. Is it true? Is it true? Yeah. Over the years, Bill Gates has sent millions of dollars to Africa to help with polio, to help with all kinds of diseases. That's benevolence. Over the years, people like that have sent a lot of aids to Africa to help with conditions in Africa that are very severe. There are philanthropists around the world that do great, crazy things. Very crazy things. They are benevolent. And they are sacrificial. But the key word in agape means to esteem. To esteem. That means when you esteem the person, love is all often focused on men. The focus of your love is men. 
in loving, it is unto the Lord. In loving, it is unto the Lord. But the focus of the love, amen. So, the focus of men. Which means to esteem others above yourself. See, look at me everybody. When I give to you, I'm not giving to you to make you feel small. That's the love of God. I'm not giving to you to make you feel small. Number two, I'm not giving to you to use you for PR. I'm not giving to you to make myself a good guy in the presence of others. That's no more the love of God. When I give to you, I give to you in a way that makes you look better than me. That's the love of God. I don't give to you and start talking about it. I don't give to you in the presence of people so that people know you didn't have. I give to you in the most honorable way that it adds to you and makes you better than me. That's agape. Unbelievers can give, but some of them give it for PR. Unbelievers can give. Some of them give because that is the way they can get much more. You know? <laughs> Some give because they want to look good. They call it corporate social responsibility. But how corporate is this social responsibility when you are making pictures of all the people you are giving to and putting it in magazines? Shaming them. Like the guy who took me to his house many years ago when I was wearing one shirt and trouser. Took me to his house. In Uyoya, he may be hearing me now on radio because he's still alive. And I know he's in town. Because I know he's running for something. Took me to his house after hearing me preaching full gospel businessmen. The power of God hit the place. People were drinking the spirit and falling all over the place. After the service, he said, man of God, you're too powerful. You're too, but I've been observing, you just have one shirt and trouser. Can you come with me to my house? I thought he meant well. Why not? I don't have now, and you want to give me? I just followed him to his house. We got to his house, he kept embarrassing me. He said, how can you be this anointed and all you have is one shirt? Every time I see you like this, I feel bad. He made me feel sorry for myself. After destroying me with his mouth, he now took one wretched shirt. Even my shirt was better than that one. And now said, add this one. I told him I don't need it. I don't need it. I left him with his shirt and left his house. That's not love. That's not agape. Recently, I saw him. He hugged me. Even my perfume must have ministered to him. <laughs> Be careful how you treat people. Because you never can tell 
where you'll find them tomorrow. The love of God does not disgrace. The love of God does not put down. The love of God esteems others. It esteems others above yourself. If I don't have food and you are taking me to your house to give me food, you must do it honorably. Don't use tattered plastic plates with a spoon that part of the spoon is broken. And just say, take. Eh, eh. You esteem. That's the love of God. Also, the word agape was derived from a practice that preceded the coming of Jesus. It was called a love feast among Jewish people. Love feast. Teaching good tonight, where people bring food. And when everybody brings food in love feast, in the real culture of love feast, which preceded the coming of Jesus, when we bring food, I don't eat my own food. I will not taste it. I will eat your own. You will eat my own. I will eat her own. I don't eat mine. I eat yours. And in a proper love feast, it is not eating to be satisfied. It is eating for fellowship. So you will not see somebody just settle down and be eating. Sweat is coming out of his bald head. Sweating as if he's fighting a battle. That's no more a love feast. That's a hunger, hunger battle. In a love feast, everybody takes little, 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 little because we are sharing fellowship. You take little here, you take little there, you take, that's what a love feast, a proper love feast is. I'm teaching good. Maybe we should do one one of these days. Everybody brings food to church. This church will be smelling. Anyway. <laughs> because I can imagine different foods coming into service, man. Some will bring eggplant. Maybe during homecoming, we should do a love feast. What do you guys think? K, keep it in view. K-I-V. Keep it and begin to prepare. But you know, that's, 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 the, that's the culture. And it preceded Jesus. So when Jesus showed up, Jesus also partook in some of those love feasts. So when brother Paul was writing to the church at Corinth, in the famous scripture that they call the Holy Communion Scripture. It was not a Holy Communion Scripture. Brother Paul says, you people say you're coming for the Lord's Supper. And as you come for the Lord's Supper, some of you eat and are full, and those that don't have go hungry. He said, it is not the Supper of the Lord. Then he now, after explaining to them their wrong attitude towards one another, he now said, for I receive of the Lord Jesus, how that in that night, when he was betrayed, he took bread and broke it. And he, he said, this is my body broken for you. He took wine and he gave thanks and he gave them to drink. Then brother Paul said, when Jesus did that on that night, he said, for this cause, Many are sick and weak and some of you even die because we are not discerning the lost body. What is the lost body? In chapter, in chapter 10 it says, all of you are the body and the bread. 
So to descend the lost body is not to eat bread and drink Ribena. To descend the lost body is to look after the welfare of one another. To see how are we doing. Because that is the communion. Right now we are having communion. And in this communion, the body of Jesus is being ministered as the word. The blood of Jesus is being ministered as the word. We are eating and drinking right now. And in the midst of it, we are discerning one another. I'm preaching good tonight. It's not coming to be eating something and drinking something. It's not ritual. Paul was teaching the love feast. He was teaching the love feast. He was teaching about love among brethren. He wasn't teaching a holy communion ritual. Is there anything wrong with eating and drinking? Don't you eat and drink at home? Nothing is wrong with it. But the emphasis was in eating and drinking. The emphasis was love among the brethren. He says, some of you sleep, some of you die because a brother can be in church who is critically sick, but because nobody is looking after him, nobody cares about him. He doesn't have the money to see a doctor. He doesn't have the, mon the money to go to a hospital. He's dying quietly and we're busy singing and enjoying Christ. And he doesn't know who to talk to. And nobody has discerned that this brother is not looking well. Let me find out. Nobody has discerned. So in that sick condition, because nobody reached out and he doesn't have the money, he dies. That's what Paul meant by sleep. It doesn't mean that if you eat bread and drink Ribena, you die. No. How can Ribena and bread kill you? If it really kills, how many of you have died? Because everybody has eaten bread and Ribena before. Nobody has died. The death is in neglecting. Not discerning one another. I'm teaching good this night. That's what brother Paul was teaching the church at Corinth. So the Lord feast was taught that you bring food and everybody eats from another person's food. <clears throat> You've brought the food that ought to be for everybody, but you're the one eating it. That's no more a love feast. That's a selfish feast. Just in Acts chapter, just like in Acts chapter 2, they sold their stuff and gave it to others. It was a normal practice in the church. Because where the love of God is all over the place, that's how people function. Say, I hear you. I'm not hearing, say, I hear you. Yeah. Ananias and Sapphira tried to be part of that practice, but they goofed. Because they took a part for themselves. They became selfish. And Peter took care of them by the law of sin and death. A law of feast, which is agape, is when you bring it for others. When you bring it for others, that's how it is love feast. Notice, love is not just giving. Love is not just giving. There must be a right motive in the giving. Love is beyond giving. There must be a right motive. In fact, the motive is bigger than the giving. The motive is bigger than the giving. I'm teaching good. 
Paul's point. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 3. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. How much of my goods? All. And though I give my body to be burned. And have not charity. It profited me nothing. Give me the amplified of that. Amplified. Get the message translation ready. No, 13.3, brother. Not 13.4. Even if I dole out all that I have to the poor in providing food, and if I surrender my body to be born, or in order that I may glory, but have not love, God's love in me, I gain nothing. Message. If I give everything I own to the poor, and even go to the stake to be born as a martyr, but I don't love. I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. I'm bankrupt. I'm a destitute without love. I love the message. So the action is not as important as the motive. So I can do all of that, but not out of love. Because Agapao deals with the motivation. Why are you doing it? It also means that I can give for selfish reasons. You know? I can give for selfish reasons. I can give to insult you. I can give to use you. For a better advantage. I can give to trap you. To trap you. So tomorrow if I need you. You cannot deny me. I'm teaching good. I can give to buy your loyalty. To buy your loyalty. Just buy your loyalty and pocket it. And make you disloyal to the authority. So you're under an authority, but you're disloyal because somebody else is servicing your pocket. And because you are too poor to know where your loyalty belongs, it can go anywhere else. Poor here has to do with gullibility. What is the motive? Why are you giving me what you're giving me? Brother Kenneth Hagin is one of the most respected Bible scholar of all times. Of all times. I was telling Mama that very soon I'll send to the US again and get them to send me the complete library of Kenneth E. Hagin again so I can put it up somewhere. Everything he taught during his lifetime. Kenneth Hagin said, most of the times we are dealing with physical sins. But the more serious sins are the spiritual sins. The most serious sins are the spiritual sins. And he says the spiritual sins are sins of motive. Spiritual sins are sins of motive. And what he said is quite scriptural. In fact, he said, it appears 
that the Lord will judge the sins of motive more than the physical sins. Only you remember that scripture we used to read where there was a guy who did everything that was right, but not with a pure heart. And then there was another guy who did everything that was wrong, but with a pure heart. Everything he did was wrong, but his heart was right. It's like Paul the Apostle. Paul the Apostle said, I wasted the church, I destroyed the church, but I did it ignorantly. Some of us, everything we are morally okay, everything we are doing is right, but our heart is more filthy than filth. Everybody thinks you're a nice guy. Only God knows. And some of us keep making mistakes. But our heart is good. I'm teaching good tonight. Motive. Those are spiritual sins. Why did you shake the sister? What's the motive? Why did you shake that brother? What motivated you? Was this the love of God or a bribe? Because you are planning that when you meet him outside, you are going to ask for something. So you start preparing the bed ahead of time. I'm teaching real good tonight. The scenes of motive. I found something very close to that. First Corinthians chapter 6 verse 18 in scripture. Very close to what Ken Hagin said. Flee fornication. Somebody say flee fornication. Okay, he didn't say walk away from fornication. What did he say? Escape. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. Motives. But he that committed fornication sinned against his body. So, fornication is sex outside the framework of marriage. Very bad. It's a sin. But there is a more serious sin than fornication. Those are sins that are done without the body. They are sins of motive. Intentions. Scenes that, you know, are in, inside you that the eyes can't see. Of course, the reason why fornication is a sin is because your body belongs to God. Your body is the temple of God. God has paid for your body. So he tells you how to treat it. Also, we, the way we treat our body shows our honor of God. Even physically, sometimes we maltreat our bodies. It's a sin to abuse your body. You need to take good care of your body. Eat well. Shower well. So that when you and somebody are in a lift, the person will not be looking for how to disappear. Shower well. Look after yourself. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 1. <clears throat> 
Now, Brother Paul was talking about things offered to idols. We know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge perfect all but charity edify it. And so he began to talk about we know that there are no gods. You know, there are no gods. There are no idols. So I can eat meat sacrificed to idols and it means nothing to me. How be it there is not in every man this knowledge. For some people, when they see meat sacrificed to idols, the idol exists in their mind because they don't know that there is nothing like idols. There's nothing like idols. All those things they put in the villages and put shrines and, uh, and put all kinds of things. There, there's nothing there. There's, it just takes a stubborn unbeliever to pull it down. It doesn't even have to be born again. Just pull the beam down and walk away and it will do him nothing. Is it not true? Just one stubborn unbeliever pull the thing down. Then the villagers will conclude that his own imbiam is stronger than the other one. They won't know that he doesn't have any imbiam. He's just a stubborn head. Because those things don't really exist. They only exist in the mind of a man that doesn't know that they don't exist. So the Bible says because of his weak conscience, when those things are applied to him, his conscience defiles him. So what defiles a man is not the charm. It is his conscience. There are no charms. They don't exist where the born again man is concerned. Seated far above all principalities and powers. Somebody shout, I hear you. Then in verse 9, look at that first Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 to 12. But take it lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. Next verse. For if any man see thee which has knowledge, sit at meal, at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. But when you sin so against the brethren and wound their conscience, you sin against Christ. Now what he's dealing with here is motive. He's dealing with knowledge. That love, agape, is bigger than knowledge. Agape considers the other person. He said when you don't consider the other person, you sin against Christ. Why? Because agape considers the other person. Agape puts the other person first. When you are working in agape, you are never the focus. Because the opposite of agape is self. The opposite of agape is self. E.W. Kenyon said that there are two forces in the world. He said the first one is love. The opposite is selfishness. Selfishness is when everything aggravates towards you. It's all about you. And that's how the devil works. The Bible calls it the loss of the flesh. 
the loss of the eyes, and the pride of life. The very opposite of selfishness is the love of God, where others are preferred before you. And this is where I have issue with people who preach this so-called American dream. Which they call the prosperity gospel. I trace that prosperity gospel historically. The founder of that prosperity gospel, the mover and shaker of it, is Simon Magus. Simon the sorcerer. He is the founder. In Acts chapter 8 verse 20, look at it. Acts 8 20. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee. Why? Because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. He saw the power of God and he brought money to tap. He was sowing a seed for God's power. And Peter said, you perish with your money. That means the prosperity gospel is not apostolic. It's not apostolic teaching for the church. You will prosper. You will make it. You will get it. It's not apostolic. It's not for the church of Jesus Christ. Where you're told that to get something from God, something must come from you. Historically, Simon the sorcerer is the founder of that, that belief system. And because it is recorded in, in history that the people who are following that doctrine, who believed in his doctrine, they infiltrated the religious group. And that is how it came into the Christian circle. Is that Bishop Benson in the house I was listening to, who said that in America, American preachers brought Hollywood stars. To teach them the arts of getting money out of people. It's on video. You've watched it, right? He said they got Hollywood stars to train them on how to get money out of people. Not the word of God. That's the evil of that prosperity gospel. And that prosperity gospel is selfish. Because the only person that benefits is the preacher. It's the preacher that benefits. Because you have to keep giving to him so that you will be getting blessed. And if you don't see the blessing, he tells you it's because your cloud is not full. So it's like a mirage. You are giving to prosper, but you never see the prosperity. A few people will say, but I have prospered by giving. No, you didn't prosper by giving. You prospered by the grace of God. If it is by giving, everybody is giving. Everybody should prosper. God doesn't have double standards. I'm teaching good. That teaching is selfish. The Bible didn't teach us that. The Bible taught us to esteem others. Let me round off by showing you how Christ gives. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9. Getting blessed? How Christ gives. 
For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. Interestingly, this verse has also been twisted. The word grace is the word charis. Charis means to give freely. What is his grace? His grace is that he was rich. For your sake, he became poor. That's the grace of Jesus. He deprived himself to enrich you. So if I actually have the grace of prosperity, I should deprive myself and give to you. But they twisted that because I have the grace of prosperity, you that don't have the grace, deprive yourself of your little and give to me so that my grace will work for you. That's a, a twisting. That's an insult to the scriptures. The grace of Jesus is that though he was rich, now for your sake, he became poor that you may be rich. He, he deprived himself to enrich you. So real grace is that the preacher who says he has prosperity as grace, he should come to church with money and distribute to everybody so that members can benefit from his grace of prosperity. Not that members should empty everything, sell everything and bring to him. No, that's not Bible. That's not Bible. Say, I hear you. Are you understanding? You don't need to pay God to get anything from God. You don't need to. Oh, Dr. Damina, why do we give in church? We give in church because we are responsible sons of God. And we know that God has a mission on earth to reach everybody. So we give so that God's mission can be carried out. We give so that our pastor who ministers and labors over us can be honored in our giving. We give so that the needs of saints can be met. That's why we give. It's not for any increase. It's not all these titans that are making noise all over Nigeria, if titan really works, the richest country in the world should be Nigeria. If titan really works like that, the richest country in the world should be Nigeria. But Nigerians are running to, to China where they don't know God. They are running to Saudi Arabia where they don't know Christ. They are running to nations that don't know Christ, but the nations are prospering and nobody there is paying tithe. But we are paying tithe religiously. And yet we don't have roads. I can't travel to Calabar freely. With all our tithing. And you say tithing works. It doesn't work. I'm teaching good. God has no double standard too. He says what he means. He means what he says. If the pathway to prosperity is giving, the richest nation on earth should be Nigeria. Nigerians are the best givers on earth. I'm telling you something because I, I know what goes on all over the world. A lot of American preachers can pay anything to preach in Nigeria. 
a lot of them because they know that in this nation, once you just show them scripture, whether it is clear or not, and it is connected to God, people will give. But that day is over. That day is over. Not with men like me that have been equipped with sound knowledge. That day is over. We are raising spiritual sons and daughters across the board who will defend the truth of the gospel. Our God is not a merchandiser. Our God is not an entrepreneur. Our God is a loving father. Woo! Who gives us all things freely to enjoy. Who has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. What a father. What a father. What a father. I've got a good, good father. Zimbronda Dele de Bobos. Sit down, give me five minutes. I'm rounding off this. So, in the grace of our Lord Jesus, you are not the one that becomes rich when you give. It is the person you give to that becomes rich. You understand? I'm not the one that becomes rich in giving. It is you that is receiving what I am giving that becomes rich. That's why some pastors can can do anything to make sure this thing I'm teaching doesn't go out. They can do everything. And the worst mistakes they are making is that they are announcing in their churches, don't listen to Abel Damina. And the moment they say that, their members now want to find out, what is Abel Damina saying that my pastor doesn't want me to hear? Please tell them to keep announcing it. That's a mistake they are making. And thank God for social media, the videos are there. Nyafu, nyafu. Our videos are everywhere. Nyafu, nyafu. Telegram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. All the various places. Even there are some new, new ones that don't even know their names. They are inside everywhere. Everywhere. Even news. They are carrying us on news. Without even our permission. They carry our picture, write the story for us and publish it. What are you talking about? It's the day of Jesus Christ. When we give in grace, we give to meet the needs of people. Somebody said to me, Dr. Damina, so when I give, what is my reward? My reward is that when I gave, the project I gave for happened. That's my reward. I gave for microphone. The microphone has been bought. My reward is that every time that microphone is used, I know that that is what I made available. That's my reward. What's my reward in paying your school fees? Is that you went to school and you have graduated. Your graduation is my reward for paying your fees. I'm teaching good. 
If I give for crusade, what is my reward? My reward is that the crusade happened. The message was preached. People came to the altar to be born again. That is my reward. That's my reward. My reward is that the reason for which I gave has been done. And that is why we don't just give. We keep giving and giving until the need is met. We keep giving and giving until the need is met. The system of giving to meet your own need is a very selfish doctrine. Very selfish. Very selfish. Brother Paul says, uh, <laughs> let him that stole steal no more. That is, you should be honest in your dealings. But rather, let him walk with his hand, that which is good, that he may have to give to him that is in need. So one of the reasons why I must walk is to have, so I can give to those that are in need. Not that, not, not that so that he can give to be blessed. No. So he can give to those who are in need. When their need is met, the meeting of their need is my reward. That's my blessing. Hey? Hey? When mama cooks in the kitchen, the reward of her cooking is that I ate it. If she cooked and I don't eat it, she has no reward for that cooking. So me, eating it is a reward. She's happy to see that what she cooked, I am taking it in. No be so. Uh -uh. Think straight. Think straight. Don't think like this. Think straight. He said, when you pay your tithe, number one, God will rebuke the devourers. Number two, God will open the windows of heaven and pour you a blessing that there will be no storehouse. No storehouse to receive the blessing. Since you have been paying tithe, for those of you that used to pay tithe, did you ever have any blessing where everywhere in your house there was no space? That should make you start thinking that something is wrong with that titan. There shall be no room. Is that not what Malachi said? So instead of people giving to God out of a pure motive, people are giving to God out of a transactory motive. We are giving because God is going to give back. And if God doesn't give back, I will wait. Father, the last one. We are in business. That's not giving. That's business. <laughs> Businessmen in Christ. <laughs> Is a new day. I say it's a new day. The recipient of your giving is the one that becomes rich. 
So when we give, we give to meet needs. Our giving doesn't meet our needs. Our giving meets the needs of the receiver. Our giving doesn't meet our needs. Our giving meets the needs of the receiver. I think I have dropped too many bombs for one night. <laughs> Chew on them till we meet on Sunday. You know, there's no service tomorrow. I gave you enough bombs to chew on till we meet first service and second service. God punish the devil. Don't your neighbor say your motive in loving people is critical. Very critical. Your motive. Why are you giving? Why do you do the things you do? Very critical in the scheme of divine affairs. And the Bible says, judge not him before the time until the Lord comes who shall bring to light the secret of men's hearts and then shall every man have praise of him. That means it's too early to start judging who is God's general and who is God's major general and who is God's captain and who is recruit. It's too early. All of us are co-laborers with God. It is on the day we will see Jesus that the secret of our hearts will be brought for why we did the things we did. And brother Paul says some people's works will be burnt by fire to ashes and they will suffer loss. Motive. Motive. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Say, I give to meet needs in people's lives. I give to meet the need of the gospel. I give to meet the need of world evangelism. Stand on your feet. Glory to God. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Somebody bless tonight. Can we talk for about two more minutes? Just two more minutes. Let's just blow in tongues for two more minutes. I'm not hearing your voices. Zimbro Nangra Duza Bride Gida Sukalana Mangesh. Oh, le bobo roko tu na gagala na mamre gedese kila na mamama. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's pray for one another for another one or two minutes. That the Lord will help us to do things out of a pure motive. That our love work will be backed by a pure motive. A righteous motive. A holy motive. Let's pray together for one another. Mamro na gogo zobige lenima katula na mambre gedis katalina mamara. Iga mones atolenia. Angre de sika, angre de sika, angre de sika, angre de sika. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Zambronda ngrodo zibrina gando lodo brina katelene mosadaya. Oh, brona do lodo bosekele de baba bara na mama 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 sikala da ba. Gaga lombronda zopre de gengele de moshakala da baba bas. Hola prida dadale de bosekele de bos Praise you father In the name of Jesus Father thank you for your word your word is working in our hearts your word is working in our minds and your word is bringing us to into the perfect image of Christ So I decree that tonight whatever is not planted by God is rooted out I declare that we walk in the spirit. We do not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Great grace is upon you. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that. Amen like thunder. Grab your honor offerings. Let's give and celebrate Christ tonight. And I'm joining Mr. Bush in another three, four minutes for ask the counselor for the remaining time we have tonight. Grab a good offering. Online, the banking details are scrolling. On television, the banking details are scrolling. On radio, the banking details are also going to be announced by Mr. Michael Bush. Alright, lift up your offerings and worship tonight. Father, we honor Christ. We honor what he has done. Our offerings are a sweet smell before you and we're excited about the opportunity we have to advance your course on the earth. The opportunity we have to advance the gospel to the ends of the earth. Lord, we we rejoice and we thank you for the privilege to give tonight in Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. Glory. All right, anywhere on the pulpit to drop your offerings, hit the music. Let's do it as we celebrate and honor Christ. Hallelujah. We celebrate the life of Christ in us. You 
Okay. Let's be seated. Let's be seated. Let's just go on. Since you already shouted the glory for me, let's go now. Bank details next on the program, especially for the radio audience. Power City International is the account name. For UBA, it's 100. That's the number 3926465. 100, 3926465. That's for UBA. The account name remains Power City International. It's the same account name for Zenith. 10-12-36-59-12-10-12-36-59-12. Okay, you can also send us a quick email, even now, to askthecounselornow at gmail.com. For sponsorship, for partnership, and for support, just with a view to making sure that we continue to remain on air. You can avail yourself of the hotline if you're calling from outside Nigeria, it's plus 234. Otherwise, simply 0803 or you wire an email or two to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. Dr. There, of course, is DR. My name is Michael Bush. My producer is Pastor I.J. Quere, complete with this fantastic star-studded production team. Okay, the man that we're all waiting for, the man that we tune in for, the man that we come here to watch is on set now. Help me welcome our father, Global Baba, Dr. Abel Damina! The Intercontinental Mr. Bush! Lobaba. Good to see you, sir. So today. good to see you. Wow. Fantastic. Um, Lobaba, I think that, well, I don't know, the message that we got um, today, we may have to wait until the first service on Sunday morning to, 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 to raise some questions. You know, there are many questions, especially the guy that took you from the mains. Uh, a men's full gospel business fellowship and uh, took, took me to home. his house. Yes, took me to his house. Humiliated me. Global Baba. And gave me a retired shirt. Global Baba. <laughs> Global Baba, can you ever be humiliated? You. Ah, you did. Even the man giving you the shirt. I was very humble. Yes. <laughs> I was very humble. Okay. Global Baba. They don't continue. I have questions. There are a thousand and one questions surrounding that teaching, uh, fantastic teaching as usual. But let's just pray and take this one off the ground. All right, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for grace and mercy. We thank you that always we have answers to prayer. So we pray for Nigeria. We pray for Kwaibom State. We pray for the rest of the world that there will be peace all over the world to enable the gospel to thrive. That the hearts of men are open to the gospel of Christ. Religion and falsehood is collapsing like a pack of cards. We also pray that as our governments are transitioning both at the federal and state level, that there will be peace in this nation Amen. and that at the end of the day, the glory will be yours. Amen. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, Global we'll just have 10 minutes and we'll try and see how much action we can squeeze into that. This one from Oweri Imo State. Global Baba, uh, Matthew 10:28. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Please uh, help me explain this scripture in the light of the context. I need your assistance. I'm already, I have already explained that the killer is sin in light of the context, but I need further clarification. Thank you. Okay, okay, okay. Pop World City International, worry. Oh, yes, your explanation is correct. The, the killing of the soul will be the absence of God from that soul. So once God is absent from the soul, of course, the soul is dead. It is God that brings life. So you're correct. From Imo State to Cross River, from Oweri to Obubra. Hello, Global Baba. Please educate me here. How does the scripture, being an eyewitness account, relate with Second 
Timothy 3.16. Edim Uwojo in Obubra Cross River State. Is that 2 Timothy 3.16? Yes. Or put it up. Without all controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, I think. 2 Timothy 3.16, put it up for us. Uh, all scripture is given by inspiration okay. of God and is uh, profitable. Is that what it is? Second yeah, profitable for doctrine, for reproof, yes. for correction, for instruction in righteousness. righteousness yeah. Well, when we say eyewitness, we are not saying it's not inspired. Inspiration means the breath of God on certain individuals to document things in the scripture. And what they are documenting will not be, every, it will not be only what God said. It will also include the immediate environment. It will include activities among humans. It will include the outcome of wrong actions. It will include many things. But the inspiration is for them to write. The inspiration is not in the action. God inspired the writing. But God is not responsible for all the actions. If that makes sense to you, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, Joe Baba, from there we go to this anonymous location. This one writes, my name is Jaffet. Hello, Global Baba. I want to know concerning the subject of divine protection. I believe God can go to any length to protect his children. I've heard diverse testimonies of people delivered from gunshots. I automatically believe no weapon, either physical or spiritual, fashioned against me will prosper. So I go about with that consciousness. But I want to hear from you, sir. Can man really have gunshot immunity? Oh, yes, man can have even a bomb immunity, not just gunshot. Because sometimes, you know, by the Spirit of God, every child of God is inside, inside out in form. So by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God leads you, the Spirit of God guides you, the Spirit of God gives you instruction. And when you don't adhere to that, I think something is wrong with the mic. Mm. I want to be sure everybody is hearing what I'm saying. Are we okay with Global Bass mic? Okay, is it on? We just need to know the mic. Can we just get uh, something else? Okay, we can just use. Uh, yeah. Thank you. All right. So the protection of God is given to believers and given to everybody, but believers can take it as a right because they are in Christ. That comes by leading. Sometimes the Spirit of God will tell you, "Move away from here." The Spirit of God will tell you, "Don't go there." All of those are. God's protective, you know, uh, uh, ways of keeping us from trouble and danger. But sometimes we disobey the nudging of the spirit and we walk ourselves into trouble. And even then, somehow, somehow, God's mercy still reaches out. Okay, we'll go to Ghana next. And this one, God richly bless you, Daddy, for the good work you do for God. You have really changed my life. I'm a Ghanaian and my wish is that one day you visit my house in Ghana. Question, meanwhile, Daddy, I, am, I was watching one of your sermons entitled The Rise and Fall of Man, and in that sermon, you stated that God never created evil or Satan. But in the Garden of Eden, there were two trees named the tree of good and knowledge and the tree of good and evil. Please, Daddy, who created the tree of good and evil? Well, first of all, if you've been following the teachings very closely, in the Garden of Eden, there were no trees. Trees were used by Moses to symbolically communicate the gospel of life and the rejection of that gospel, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which results in death. It's the same thing in John 3.16. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish. He that believeth not is condemned already. It is the same gospel that was in the Garden of Eden. It's not like God created evil. 
Evil didn't come from God. God is a good God. And a good fountain cannot produce evil water. Alright? So evil came out of man's imagination. Evil came out of man twisting what God created good. Evil is a twist of good. That's what evil is. It came from man. We're heading next to Zambia on route the anonymous island. Hello, daddy. I appreciate what God is doing in the lives of men through you. God bless you, sir. Please, daddy, I want you to pray for my brother. He's been battling with drug addiction. I've been praying and preaching to him. I've led him to Christ. I've been sending him Christocentric materials. Please pray for him because his state is weighing me down. Thank you, sir. We'll pray for him at the end of the broadcast. Zambia, right here. Global Baba, my name is Charles Bualia. I write from Zambia. Greetings to you. My question, what's the difference between to forgive and to have mercy? Well, to forgive and to have mercy, it is mercy that makes you forgive. So, you know, mercy is the reason why you forgive. We receive mercy from God, and in that mercy is his forgiveness. Florida, in the United States of America, be nice. We're an export of call, and we're right here. Dear Global Baba, thank you so much for presenting the consistent character and fatherhood of God through his love and grace. I've been following your teachings from Florida in the United States, and I've shared a couple of your messages on Facebook. Oluwafemi Adebimigun is my name. Questions. What does the scripture mean? Second Chronicles 25.15, where it says, The anger of the Lord rose against Amaziah. Well, the anger of the Lord simply means that judgment came on Amaziah because that thing called anger is actually repercussion for somebody's action. It's not like God is angry. God is not an angry being. Global, can I have a comprehensive teaching that helps to deconstruct the character of God while explaining scriptures I illustrated and similar scriptures like that? The misunderstood God is a series. There's part one, two, three, four, five. If you order for that complete series on the misunderstood God, it will de- clarify all of such scriptures for you in, you know, all of such scriptures for you. I would like to have a U.S. contact where I could fellowship with Power City International out here in the U.S. as in Florida. Well, in Florida, Pastor Matthew is here. He will grab hold of that email and he will reach out to you, connect you with Pastor Jessica, who coordinates our operations in USA and Canada. Thank you, Global Baba. Love you and thank you for being consistently consistent with the word of faith and power. Sincerely, Oluwa Femi. To Tanzania next. Shalom, Power City International Family in Christ. I thank God for the ever-growing revelation in the city of Christ. Kindly, please, Global Baba, help me with the interpretation of Malachi 3.9. Is a believer cursed? Thank you in advance. Malachi himself is in Tanzania. Well, Malachi, from Monday 12 noon GMT plus one, we're going to have an exhaustive teaching on tithe and tithing. Every day, the whole of next week and the following week. You don't want to miss it so that you come to clarity on what Malachi 3.9 means. Bless you. Please shine the light on what happened to Lord's wife after escaping judgment and destruction of Sodom and yet looked back and turned to Saul. Did she just lose salvation after being saved? Well, she wasn't saved. She was only brought out of disaster because of her husband. You know, so she just got, got caught up by the same thing that she escaped from. Just like the children of Israel got out of Egypt and they still died in the wilderness. All right, my producer says we need to go, so I just try and squeeze one in here. It says, hello, Global Baba, my esteemed, highly esteemed Global Baba. Thank you for your teachings. They have sincerely exposed some deep hidden scriptural truths to me. That they are listening to one of the messages recently in which you said that God didn't tell Noah to build an ark. But Genesis 6, 13 to 19 
says the contrary. Global Bar, can you please clarify the scripture vis-a-vis the statement that God never told Noah to build an ark? Well, if you are listening to that video very carefully, and if it was a short video, you should have looked for the comprehensive one. It will give you clarity. You will see scripture upon scripture upon scripture that brings out the whole of that. So I will advise you to go back to that video. Look for what the video recommends. Because when we put out a teaser, we put recommendations. Go to YouTube and look for the complete message. Listen to it. And if you still have a question after that, you can email us. Remember, we have um, one twenty seconds to the end of the road. Can we use um, 30 to round off with prayers for some requests? Let's pray together. Father, we pray for the brother struggling with addiction. We break the hold of addiction. And we ask that supernaturally you arrange somebody to get out to him and harvest him to the kingdom. In the name of Jesus. We pray for those in need supernaturally. We command the divine intervention of God. Sick bodies be healed. And we thank you for answered prayer. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's this edition of Ask the Counselor indeed of 30 Days of Glory 2022 Day 6. Return in style like on Sunday morning. Until then, Michael Bush, joined by his producer, Pastor Ijequel, and the production team, now invites Global Baba, Dr. Abel Damina. The Intercontinental, Mr. Bush. Thank you again. Thank you for your service. Let me quickly mention, from Monday, from Monday, 12 noon, GMT plus one is tight and tighty. All the people you are inviting and encouraging to follow the teaching, please advise them to patiently go through everything. They shouldn't just be selective in following. It's important. So they have a complete understanding of the subject. We love you guys. Looking forward to seeing all of you on Sunday morning. 8 a.m. GMT plus one and 11 a.m. GMT plus one. As we keep unfolding the fruit of the spirit here in 30 days of glory 2022. We love you again. Enjoy the rest of your evening. And until then, be blessed. Goodbye from Uyo, Nigeria. Amen. Amen.